Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Kevin Sheehan, show Denton Day. Filling in for Kevin. He should be back tomorrow. Got my man Toby with us as well. In 30 minutes, Leno Willingham will jump on with us, talk a little bit about the Commanders. Plus, we will ask him our poll question, which you can weigh in on. At the Team 980, you can tweet at me at the Denton Day. Are you open to the Wizards and Caps leaving D.C. if it means the Commanders get the RFK site? Vote that on our Twitter page, at the Team 980. The Commanders had a great weekend this weekend because everybody around them in the draft order won. But that did not mean that they didn't take their fair share of shots. Montez Sweat, who the team traded at the trade deadline, he was the one guy where if you talk to anybody surrounding the team, they're going to tell you Ron didn't want to let him go. The higher-ups, at least the, let me rephrase that, the lower-level higher-ups, your Rons, your Martys, your Martins, they didn't want to trade Montez Sweat. The higher-ups had a good idea, probably not going to re-sign this guy. If we're not going to re-sign him, we might as well get something for him. So they trade Montez Sweat. Montez Sweat, since getting to Chicago, has been balling. Three and a half sacks. That defensive line is playing night and day compared to what they were for the first portion of the season. And most importantly, Chicago is winning. They are slowly but surely climbing their way back up into the playoff hunt in the NFC, which is a bad conference this year. They're 5-8, and eight, so you can kind of get away with saying a 5-8 and eight team is climbing its way back into the playoff uh, conversation because how bad the NFC is. But take a listen to what Montez Sweat said this weekend about his current coach, which ended up being a dig at his former coach. Where I came from, it was, you know what I'm saying, it was kind of like a, just waiting on the season and, and kind of. But here it's like a, every week, you know, it's, it's a new challenge and people want to play for the, for the man beside him. And that's, that's what I'm here for. Allow me to describe this in layman's terms. If you didn't quite catch what he said. In Chicago, we care about winning. In Washington, it was 1-2-3 Cancun. We are just getting out of this season, and I want to go home. I want to be on a beach. I want to be uh, with blue water, and I want a, a, a bad honey next to me with a drink in both of our hands. That's what we want here in D.C., according to Montez Sweat. I was a little, I was a little taken aback by this. Toby, I, I have to be honest, I would not have anticipated this from Montez Sweat. People got up in arms when Chase Young made comments at his introductory press conference that maybe weren't the greatest about the Commanders, but it's very well documented. The Commanders didn't necessarily love Chase Young towards the end of that relationship. Chase Young didn't necessarily love the Commanders towards the end of the relationship. That needed to be a breaking up for everybody to move on kind of a deal. And on top of that, when you are in an introductory press conference, 
you are saying anything you can to appease the people that you are looking at right in front of you. And in that instance, it was the media members of San Francisco, the people that Chase Young is going to have to deal with for at least the next year. We'll, we'll see about after that. Montez saying this now, that cuts way deeper because he didn't have to. He didn't have to bring Ron into this at all. He didn't have to bring the commanders into this. All he had to say was, we are constantly getting better and better every single week. It feels like every single week is a new challenge, but he decided to bring the commanders. And this was this was a direct shot at either Ron or Jack, probably both. Yeah, I mean, it's not a great look for the commanders because it it shows that they were feeling the same way that a lot of fans were feeling, right? After that Chicago game, maybe they were the same way where it's like, well, this season's a wash, and that should never be the case, right? You can still keep fighting as players, especially like you said, this NFC is not very good. And so starting the year 2-0, and you felt good about this football team, and you felt good about the way that Sam Howell was progress- progressing. And then you lose in chi- to Chicago at home on a Thursday night game, and it seemed like it sucked the air out of the fan base, but it must have done it to the team as well. And just to hear the thought that, yeah, we're just trying to get through the season over there and wait for it to end, that's how a lot of fans feel. That's not how it should ever feel in Ashburn because some of these guys are playing for their jobs, not just with Washington, but just sticking around in the NFL period. But it's pretty clear that the messaging from Ron got stale, that guys are feeling this way where it seemed like, they've just tried to get done with this season at times because this team was playing decent football at times this year. And then all of a sudden you play the giants, you look terrible. And now this team looks nothing like it looked what against the Eagles twice. It looks nothing like the team that we saw that was fighting at the beginning of the year. And now it, it not only does it not look like good football, good disciplined football, it just looks like, not effortless, like they haven't given up, but they're not trying their hardest anymore. Not trying to say that there's any singular guy, but it just seems like everyone's Seems like everybody. Out. Yeah, it seems like everybody's checked out, and Montez Sweat coming out and saying this, I don't know that he's intentionally trying to take a shot here, but he is basically speaking what a lot of people are watching this team saying, it feels like they're no longer fully locked in. This was, this statement, And that clip is only like 13 seconds. It's not a long clip. That 13 seconds was a massive crack in the armor of Ron Rivera. We play a lot of Ron Rivera audio on this show. One thing that you have heard from the start of the season, even as recently as as last week, Ron Rivera preaching about the culture. He's had two sticking points this year. We know he is done at the end of the year. Anybody that is still holding on hope, God bless you. You can go with him. He's done at the end of the year. But at the beginning of the season, there was a brief little point in time where maybe, just maybe, there was a potential that Ron stayed. A lot would have to happen. You're thinking at least 10, 11 wins, at least a playoff win, maybe even two playoff wins. If they turn it around, maybe Ron can stay. It was pretty clear in the beginning of the season, that's not going to happen. Quarterback's getting sacked too much. Defense isn't looking good, although we're kind of used to the defense sucking for the first four weeks, and they ultimately figure it out. They never figured it out. After it was clear, the 11 wins, not going to be a reality this year. Ron Rivera fell back on two things. He fell back on Sam Howell, 
preaching just about every time he got to a microphone, we found our quarterback. We found our quarterback. It was obnoxious the way that Ron Rivera handled the quarterback. But he also preached about the culture. He said, we got a good culture. I've turned the culture around. Well, Montez Sweat just said this. You know, the culture is actually damn good. He's turned Ron Rivera into Bruce Allen. All of that chitter-chatter about what he's done for the culture, the one guy that on defense and the defensive line was really playing, I think, the best out of anybody, just said that's not true. Just said all the talk that Ron had said about the culture, it's actually way better here in Chicago. Chicago, the team that was literally atrocious at the start of the year. We we had this conversation yesterday about what is the worst loss this season. My answer was Chicago because the way that that game lined up, one, we used the phrase, which I'm never going to use again, should win. No should win games with our franchise here. We use the term should win, and Chicago whooped our ass. It was embarrassing. They were clearly the better team, even though there was some last-ditch effort in the second half to maybe just maybe make things competitive. The momentum was rolling. It was ripped away from us because that's what happens with this franchise here. Then you trade the guy to Chicago, and he says, it's way better here. It's way better here. Matt Eberflus was basically fired four weeks ago. They got T-shirts in their stadium begging and pleading for Jim Harbaugh of Michigan to come take over this organization and this franchise, which, by the way, not going to happen. Some issues with Jim Harbaugh, guys in front office. Besides the point. They're pleading for their new coach. And Montez Sweat says, actually, this coach is way better than what, than what I had in D.C. I don't know if this is directly a Jack or Ron, maybe it's both. I'm going to assume that it's both. I'm going to assume that it's both because they were the ones that were in charge of the defense. But man, Toby, I, I heard this. Like, I saw it on Twitter. And I saw it on Twitter. Seeing it is one thing. Hearing it, I'm like, wow. Wow, 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 wow. Things are bad. They are bad, bad here. And it just shows a lack of pride from the players that are on this team, right? And, and I think you're right about the Chicago loss being the worst. But what rings in my mind over and over again, partly because we worked together during one of the Giants games, but the two Giants games to me are just constantly in my mind because going into the season, it felt like for me, obviously Dallas is Dallas, right? You always want to beat Dallas. Philly's always Philly. You always want to beat Philly. But if there were a team that if I were on the team last year coming into this season that I was would have circled both games for, it would have been the New York Giants because last year the New York Giants single-handedly ruined your season because you had an yeah. opportunity to be a playoff team and then you tied and lost to the Giants and they ruined your season. And both times you played them this year, they didn't have their starting quarterback and you lost both football games. That showed me that some of these guys just don't have the pride, right? Obviously the second game guys are moved on from, so it wasn't necessarily sweat in that game. But it just showed me that maybe it was that – the messaging from Ron Rivera had gotten stale where he might be trying to motivate the guys. They don't care. They ain't listening. Yeah, shocking turn of events. Do your job doesn't motivate (laughs) NFL players. Well, and it's just to hear the fact that if he would have gone to San Francisco, if Chase were the one saying this and said, we were waiting for the season to be over, but hey, we're, we're, we're playing for a Super Bowl here, right? I mean, so this gets us motivated. 
it's the Chicago Bears, right? I mean, going into the season, I think all of us, maybe we're delusional, but I think all of us would have said, oh, yeah, Washington's better than the Bears. The Bears had the first overall pick last year. People forget that because they traded it and Carolina took Bryce Young. That was the Bears' pick. They were the worst team in the National Football League last year, and Montez Sweat said, I like it more over here because we're still playing for something. What are you playing for? You were one of the worst teams in the league. You'd almost got a full calendar year without a win. And you're saying that I'd rather play over here because we have something to play for shows how bad it's gotten here in D.C. It is. It's horrible. It doesn't make me excited at all for this weekend against Los Angeles, who, by the way, Los Angeles is one of the weirder teams to get a feel on. But you're right. If Chase was saying this about San Francisco, yeah, dude, we know. San Francisco's been the best team, one of the best teams in all the NFL for, like, years now. Of course they got their operation better than we got here. It's just, it's it's painful, and it's also, I've known this forever, which made it all the more hilarious that Ron Rivera preaches about how good of a job he's done changing the culture. The culture in Washington has changed drastically since Ron Rivera took over. It has zero to do with Ron Rivera. It was about getting Dan out. It was about getting Dan out, get Bruce out, get all these clowns out of here. It's not working. We need to move forward here. Nothing about the actual football culture has changed because they still lose. You cannot continue to preach culture if you are Ron Rivera as your team is getting decimated on a weekly basis. They've allowed 40 points in back-to-back weeks. They're getting decimated on a weekly basis. So maybe in turn, maybe I'm happy that Montez Sweat said this because they just confirmed what I knew, that the culture hasn't really changed much. Ron is not the the hard-ass that we hired from Carolina. When you hired that guy, even, like, forget the record. At Carolina, he was a hard one. He was a a pound-your-fist-on-the-table He's going to be up in your grill. If you don't believe me, by the way, I know guys that played for him in Carolina. They've told me all of these things. He was not afraid to get up in your grill. The CEO approach is not the one. At least not for him. I don't think it's good for anybody in the NFL. If you're hiring a CEO style of coach, hire somebody else. Hire somebody that is really good on offense, really good on defense. You would think that Ron's good on defense, then he gives the defense to Jack Del Rio. Never ended up being great. Had one year last year where it was really good, not great, never ended up being great. It's been embarrassing. I cannot wait. I'm now, I'm ready. Like, I'm with Montez Sweat on what he says people are doing here. I'm ready for the season to end so we can get the ball rolling and get somebody else in here. I'm tired of the, the constant, one, it feels like they're talking down to us when he constantly says the culture. The culture's so much better. The culture's so much better. I'm so done with it. I'm so done with it. I want to put these final four weeks and put them on fast forward. I want to see Sam play. Like, I need to see a little bit of Sam Howell action. I hope Sam Howell plays way better this weekend against the Rams. But outside of that, this has been abysmal to watch. Yeah, I mean, it's just... It's gotten to a point now where the games feel like a chore, and it shouldn't feel like that for your favorite team, but the games feel like a chore, It's and, and it's showing that the players feel the same way when Montez Sweat says that, and that's not how it should be. And yes, it's on coaching, but it's also on players, too. Where's the leadership in that locker room? Like, I, I like John Allen, but 
John Allen going on the junkies every single week and saying the same couple of things and in the locker room saying, oh, I'm tired of this and all that. That's great. Where's the leadership to get these guys to fight? Terry McLaurin, I, anybody. I mean, it's it's gotten so bad, Denton. I never thought I'd see the day that this fan base would turn on Terry McLaurin. And f- this fan base has they've, turned they've on Terry. started to turn on Terry. That's how bad it's gotten. And it's crazy because if you're tired of all the things that continually happen, like somebody got to tell them they are in a position to actually do something about it. It's not like it's me. I can sit here behind this microphone and say, I am so tired of how much this team sucks. And I can do that for 10 years and nothing could change. Y'all are in the locker room. Like y'all can literally do something about it and ain't nobody doing nothing about it. No. It's bad. We'll let you weigh in on this one if you want to. What do you think of Montez Sweat's comments? Does it make you view the current team any differently than you did before hearing those comments? 301-230-0980. 301-230-0980. Leno Willingham joins us in 15 minutes here. It's the Kevin Sheehan Show. Denton Day filling in for Kevin Sheehan on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Kevin Sheehan Show, Denton Day, filling in for Kevin. Kevin should be back tomorrow. Ten minutes, Leno Willingham will jump on with us. You can tweet me at the Denton Day. The question we are asking right now on our phone lines, 301-230-0980, 301-230-0980. Are you upset about the comments that Montez Sweat made about Ron Rivera? He didn't directly name Ron Rivera, but in talking about his current place of employment, he said the Chicago Bears are playing for something, or as his previous place of employment, which is us, We're not. They were playing for the end of the season. Montez Sweat said the Commanders were on 1-2-3 Cancun time. Robert is in Annapolis. Robert, what's going on? Is it me? It is you. Hey, Denton. I had dead air there for a second. wasn't sure if we got disconnected. Uh, Which is the bigger Rivera myth? The uh, culture change or the roster build? (laughs) Um... I will say that's a great question. <laughs> I'll say the roster build. If you build a good roster, the culture will change. And he promised to build us a roster, and it's four years in, and he's still promising. All right, and question number two, if I may. Uh, you do a ranking machine of the teams. If you did it from the bottom up, other than Carolina, what teams are you going to put ahead of Washington as uh, at the bottom of the rankings? In terms of for being worse than or Washington? What teams are you going to put below Washington? Washington, other than Carolina, what teams would you put below Washington 
in the ranking of 32 NFL teams. Well, the two teams right now that are above Washington in the draft race, New England and Arizona, just based solely on the fact that this team beat New England and Arizona. Now, I don't know if they would beat the Cardinals now with Kyler Murray back, but uh, those those are the two teams I would put uh, put right now, Robert. I uh, appreciate the call as always. The roster build, I firmly believe if Ron built a good roster, the culture would change. You don't build a, a good roster and have a bad culture. That's just, that's, I feel like that's, it's, uh, it doesn't, it, those two things go hand in hand, right? Like, it, you just cannot, if you have what you would describe as a, a good roster, then the culture, I would feel like, by nature, would change with it. And Rod's been promising to build us a roster in D.C. literally since he got here, and he's still promised over the offseason. It it hurts my head uh, at times. Dink is in Frederick. Dink, you're on the Team 980. What's going on? Hey, how are you doing today? Uh, just wanted to comment on that. Uh, everybody's hitting the same nail on the head. It's the culture. It's from top to bottom. You look back, if you've been around here for a while, you look back at the Joe Gibbs days and the glory days, and the culture was totally different. The team... People wanted to come to D.C. because of the culture, because of the winning ways. Now, for the last 30 years, whatever it's been, it's just been spiraling downward. It's like the bullet. Nobody wants to come here. Any studs we ever get, they want to jump ship after a couple of years because they're sick and tired of losing. It's just it's just bad from top to bottom. Look at the stadium. I mean, the empty seats, more Dolphins fans at the game, more Giants fans at the game, Eagles fans. It's just, it's, it's abysmal, and it's hard for a fan, for anybody that's especially paying the kind of money that you're going to go pay to go see them. It's bad enough even watching them on TV. It's just, I don't know what you do, where you go, but Rivera's certainly not the, the answer, and whoever else they bring in, they've got their hands full, and they've got a hell of a job that they're going to have to try and do to change this culture to get people that want to come to D.C. That's my take. Yeah, hey Dink, I appreciate the call. That is a that's a great take. I think it is imperative that they get football people in here. You don't need a guy that's going to come in and quote unquote change the culture. Like I get what they were trying to do, but if you buy into the idea of Ron Rivera changing the culture, it was because of Dan and because Dan did not like the negative publicity that the team was drowning in. Now the team was drowning in negative publicity because of Dan. He was never going to admit that because he is. That's just not how he he seems to roll. So they brought in Ron because they thought Ron would make guys members of the community and all those things. And all those things are great. But I never felt like in those final years of the Jay Gruden era that guys were bad people in the community. I felt like they sucked on the football field. And they never won games. Ron was, he was brought in to, to change that. He has not changed that. I do think if you bring in the right people, that will change. And it starts with hiring a general manager that is a football guy. I know Josh Josh Harris is an analytic guy. If you want to find a balance of a football guy and an analytic guy, that is fine. But you got to hire somebody and then let them do their job. That has forever been the biggest issue is that nobody would let the actual people they hire do their job if they hire good people. They either not hire good people or they wouldn't let them do their job. The time we finally let somebody do their job, it's Ron Rivera where he is not equipped to do the job that he was given and he hires his friends. The second that he hired, like, the fourth coach from Carolina to come here, this whole thing should have been over. Nix it. Nip it in the bud. Hey, hey, hey. We are not not Carolina Panthers North. 
You got to hire more people from outside perspectives, not just trying to rebuild something that was good for a year, had one great year, and that's basically it. It was it was it was bad in Carolina. As soon as that happened, you got to you got to completely move on from. But they never did because no one was here. Dan was running from the law. You had this guy that was hiding in the Mediterranean on a yacht. So if they hire a good football person, I think they can make this work. We've talked a lot about potential guys. I think you go from San Francisco, talk to their people. Hey, you guys have had success. What'd you do? You want to come build it over here? Cool. Go to Baltimore. Hey, you guys have had success. What'd you do? You want to come build it over here? Cool. Go to Philadelphia. Same thing. You you guys have had success. We need success. Come over here. We'll pay you handsomely. You guys can work together here. Go get a coach. That coach can be whoever. If you want to be a Ben Johnson guy, I know there are people that are Ben Johnson guys. I know Kevin wants Bill Belichick. Um, I'm good on Bill Belichick. I'd love Mike Tomlin if Mike Tomlin's available. Not thinking that Mike Tomlin's going to be available, but if he is, I'll take some Mike Tomlin. I'm not a, I'm not mad at Mike Tomlin. John is in Seabrook Island. John, what's going on? Hey, man. How you doing? I'm doing good, man. How are you? Uh, yeah, I was thinking about uh, what you were saying. Uh, I think the, the, you got the culture part wrong. He, he fixed the culture on the inside, even when Dan was still the owner. And that what, was, what did he do? What did he do to fix the culture? Well, we didn't have to worry about paperclips uh, being in a, in, a, in a proper situation for Dan or anything like that because Dan was out. And he, he there's no more, uh, what do you call it, woman, womanizing or anything like that. But how did, how did Ron fix he, that? He because once he came in, we didn't hear anything more about, well, well, it's, that's because Dan left. If Dan, if Dan was still there and active, that stuff still would have happened. Once Dan left, like I, I think Ron is a nice dude, but I don't know if he completely flipped all the things that made Dan Snyder terrible. Those things went away when Dan left. So we, we'll, we'll differ on that one, but uh, no, no, he actually did. And it was a stable, it's still a stable place. Now, on the field, that's a totally different story. And I agree with you. Like the, the culture on the field is obviously didn't work, but what he did in house, I think that uh, that's something that has to be said. And, and hey, he did come in and he did clean things up, so we didn't hear anything. And Dan was on his yacht in the whole nine yards, and I, I really think that uh, he did a great job, but he's not, just not a great coach. If that makes sense. Hey, John, I respect that perspective. I disagree. I don't. I don't think Ron did a. Uh, I don't know what you can give him credit for in in that regard. This is not a a a college. In college football, the coach controls everything. This is this is not that. You hire Jason Wright to do some of that stuff, uh, but really, all that stuff that you mentioned changed when Dan Snyder left. When Dan was gone, there was freedom to make this a healthy place to work. You cannot get healthy if the infection is still festering. The infection is gone. You all of a sudden get healthy. And it was slow because Dan was still around, but he just physically was not here and he couldn't make decisions. That did impact it a little bit, but I don't know if Ron gets full credit for not hiring womanizers. That feels like that should be like a basic, like on the the application, hey, we, we want you to be a respectful human being inside and outside of work. And if you really want to play devil's advocate, I'm not... I'm not going to do the Vermilion thing because I don't know if Ron deserves the full blame for the Vermilion thing. I don't know if he's supposed to know everything that goes on in the the behind closed doors 
But the Vermillion thing is another example of how Ron maybe should not get all of the credit. I'm not going to say that, but I just don't think Ron gets all the credit for making this uh, not a, a an absolute hellhole. Dan leaving makes it not an absolute hellhole. We'll get the opinion of Linnell Willingham. He's going to jump on and join us next. We'll ask him about these comments from Montez Sweat, as well as our poll question, which is still up on Twitter, at the Team 980. Are you open to the Commanders coming back to RFK if it means losing the Wizards and Capitals from Washington, D.C.? We'll ask Linnell Willingham these questions when we get back. It's the Kevin Sheehan Show with Dent Day filling in on the Team 980 in the Aussie app. It's the Kevin Sheehan Show. No Kevin today. He'll be back hopefully tomorrow. You got D-Day filling in for you. Let's head out to the BetQL guest hotline waiting for us there, our guy, Linnell Willingham. He's the host of Overtime on 106.7 The Fan, and you can hear he and I every Sunday during the games doing our absolute best to make them fun for you while it's miserable watching the current team that we are rooting for. Linnell, what's going on, man? What's going on, buddy? Emphasis on the miserable for us. <laughs> so there's a, there's a lot of stuff I want to to get to with you here, but I want to start with the comments that Montez Sweat made, where he really talked up yeah. the culture of Chicago and really talked the culture down here, which Ron Rivera has been telling us he's you know, he fixed the culture for for years now. Yeah, it was uh, it was damning. I mean, I don't know how else to put it. I mean. If you're Ron Rivera or even a player in that building, you got to be flat out embarrassed. It's not like Montez Sweat was traded to the Baltimore Ravens or the Kansas City Chiefs or this team that's known for having an established good culture. He got traded to Chicago, and he's already singing the phrases about their culture. I think it speaks to uh, the situation currently going on in Ashburn, four games left, and it kind of feels like, you know, like Montez said, they're just trying to get to the end of the season. But even last week with the Jeremy Fowler article that comes out, him and John Kime doing a hell of a job in combination, just peeling the curtain back for, you know, what's going on here the past, you know, two or three months with this football team. And just some of the quotes from that article about, you know, players and coaches being upset about working too hard, that in combination with Montez Sweat's comments from Sunday. And I just, I think it highlights what the Ron Rivera era has been. A lot of unfulfilled promises, and a lot of putting lipstick on a pig. And I think that's where we're at right now. Do you think that Ron lasts the entirety of the season? Or do you think he, he lasts till the final game? You remove him the final game. That way you can kind of get a bit of a head start once uh, Black Monday comes around after after week 18. Yeah, I've, I've we've, when we do the end game show, there have been times where we've called for Ron's job. But I, I feel like I've kind of come around on the idea of him finishing the season because what do you really have to, to prove at this point, right? Like, what do you stand to benefit from firing Ron Rivera? It may spark this team for the final month of the season, but, you know, after you get outscored, what is it, 90 to 25 in the past two games? I mean, they damn sure need a Jeez. spark. I don't know. I think there's two ways to look at it. I do think Ron Rivera does deserve credit for what he was able to do uh, in year number one, battling cancer, leading this team to the playoffs. I think because he was able to endure those first two seasons and we weren't a clown show, uh, he's going to get a lot of credit uh, from the current ownership group. And we even talked about a potential scenario of him in that week 18 game against Dallas, like a highlight montage for Ron Rivera. Maybe you announce it the week before that this will be his final game. Just let him go out with some class because it's been a tough, you know, four or five year period for him. If they do do what you just said, the, the highlight montage on week 14, uh-huh. Or week eighteen, and he doesn't go for it on fourth and two. I'm gonna 
run out of the studio during the in-game show. <laughs> I mean, at that point, I'd be going for Like, Tressway wouldn't see the field. Yeah. Fourth and 20 from our own 13? YOLO. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man, I just honestly, hearing Montana Sweat's comments, man, it just, it lets you know where we are right now. And I remember all the conversation we were having back in August about how this could potentially be a 10-11 win football team. And it just feels like that was so long ago. And so much has changed since then. I'm just excited uh, for the prospect of change and something new, you know, because it's been rough, uh, to say the least, for the past four years. That it has. Leno Willingham, our guest here on the Kevin Sheehan Show. Denton Day filling in for Kevin here on a Tuesday. What are your thoughts on, on, on Sam? You know, after the week, the Commanders didn't have a game, obviously, by week. But they move up in the draft because all the other four-win teams end up winning their games. So if the draft starts today, they hold the fourth overall pick. How do you assess Sam Howell, and what would you do with that pick if the draft was today? Then the last month, all the conversation has been about how attractive this Washington job is going to be, 90-plus million dollars in cap space, five picks within the top 100. But there's one drawback to this job. I would say, and I do think it's the quarterback position. It's going to be a tough decision that this next general manager is going to have to make. Because as you mentioned, Washington right now currently slotted to pick fourth if the draft happened today. Uh, Sam Howell's got four more games to prove he's the guy. I just think it's a difficult decision. And I understand the argument each way. But when you start digging into the tape, and as we get closer to draft season, you're a college football junkie. If there's such a thing, you know how it goes during this process. There's always one quarterback that, you know, rises to the top. And I feel like Jaden Daniels, fresh off the Heisman ceremony this past weekend, there's a lot of momentum behind him. The argument's going to be, I guess, do you want five years of Jaden Daniels or do you want two years to put the best roster possible around Sam Howell? I think the beautiful thing is we don't have to make that decision for four more weeks, but <laughs> it's going to be a super difficult one because I understand both sides of it. I really do. So if you are, I'm going to put you in the position of a, a general manager, right? And you just laid it out. It's it's a tough spot. In the final four weeks of, of Sam Howell, is there one thing in particular that you are looking for the most that would give you confidence this offseason to stick with him? It's hard. I, I get what you're saying. I think the turnovers right now would probably be the big knock for me with Sam. I feel like it's like six or seven straight games with a turnover for the young man. You can't win in the National Football League turning it over, and you can't win taking a bunch of sacks either. So if I can just see him protect the football, move the ball in between the 20s, and then score points. That's been the big Achilles heel of the offense is not being able to capitalize in the red area. But you mentioned the, the last four games, you got four really damn good defenses. You saw what L.A. was able to do Sunday against Baltimore. You got the Jets. You got San Fran, and then that Week 18 game against Dallas may not mean anything. But considering the competition, I don't think Sam's got to do anything spectacular. But it'd be nice to see him just look like a competent NFL starter because I do understand, and I think you know you guys do too, that the parts around him aren't very good. And when you're going up against stiffer competition, uh, that tends to get exposed. So we'll see. I'll tell you what, we're talking with Linnell Willingham here on the Kevin Sheen Show. That Jets game is one I am not looking oh, forward. Cool. That defense, they have the potential to to really do some negative things on the perception of Sam Howell. Yeah, 100%. You saw what they did to C.J. Stroud this past Sunday. It's, it's something, man. And then think about the overhanging storyline that we haven't brought up yet. Seems like Aaron Rodgers may be good to go uh, for that game against the Jets in a couple of weeks, and that would just... 
That would make it more interesting here locally because, as you said, I am scared crapless about that Jets game because I don't know how we're going to move the football. Well, you know what they say. You can't have Christmas without a Grinch, so maybe Aaron Rodgers will get back, right? Um, Jamin Davis officially done for the season. I am, I'm still a fan of Jamin Davis. I think there is upside, but I have no idea what his future looks like both here and just in, in the NFL because I think that position is, yeah. is becoming less and less valuable on good defenses. What are your thoughts on, on them shutting him down? I think the latter part of what you said there is huge. If he's going to be a weak side linebacker in the National Football League, it's got to look like uh, Fred Warner. It's got to look like Drake Greenlaw. We know that Jamin is not that type of athlete and doesn't have those type of coverage skills. I look at what Dallas did defensively, going with basically safeties at linebackers. It, it improves their team speed defensively. I wonder if Washington, with all the safeties they have on this roster, move that direction. But for Jamin, like, you got to – make the decision whether or not to pick up the fifth-year option, I probably would bet on them not picking that up. So, Jameis got an offseason to put his best foot forward and show this new staff that he's worth being around. I agree with you, though. Like, he's got speed. He's got athleticism. It's about finding a role for him and letting him grow and develop in that role. One thing that Ron Rivera uh, even mentioned yesterday, just this year in particular, having to switch between the mic and the will and the Sam and just having different responsibilities, it's hard for him to really – lock in and play fast on a down-in, a down-out basis. But I, I don't know, man. Jamin has been interesting, to say the least. Just not enough consistency like the rest of the football team. Is Terry going to catch a pass this weekend? <laughs> well, I hope so. I mean, you know what the, the conversation is right now on Twitter? People are wanting to trade Terry McLaurin. Uh, I'm mixed when it comes to that. Look, that Jeremy Fowler report, and they highlight the incident in training camp between Terry and Benjamin St. Juice. I said it last week. That was the moment right there where I think Eric Bieniemy began to get undermined. And I know I'm rambling about the situation, but anytime you're in training camp installing a new offense, there's valuable, precious time that's wasted when you're doing extracurricular stuff after the play, like arguing with a teammate or trying to defend a teammate. That moment where Terry talked back to Eric Bieniemy, I think, was the beginning of the unraveling. Because if Terry can talk back to Eric Bieniemy, then De'Ami Brown feels like he can talk back to Eric Bieniemy, and that's how you tend to lose a locker room. But yeah, they got to get him more involved. I'm not so certain that it's the Eric Bieniemy problem in terms of Terry not getting the ball. I think it's a Terry problem. One, him not getting open consistently, and then Sam at the end of the day determines where the football goes. So. That narrative, the final four weeks of the season, is something we'll definitely follow. But, yeah, we know Terry's capable. I just don't know if he's eighth-paid, highest-wide receiver in the NFL good. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I, I certainly get that. I don't know if you'll find a lot of better options than Terry, but, man, that price tag is its a steep one. Uh, yeah. Now, one of the things we've been talking about today, and I'm sure you'll touch on this, uh, you're on overtime tonight, right? Oh, I'm on overtime tonight. We've got Hoffman 4 to 630. It's a double dip for your boy. So, so you're a double dip. I knew. Okay. So I, I was not aware that you were doing So you're doing a lot of radio tonight. So you're definitely going to discuss this. Uh, the move potentially of the Caps and Wizards to Alexandria. We have a poll question now asking, yeah. are you okay with the Wizards and Caps leaving D.C. if it means the Commanders come back to D.C.? Where do you stand on that? Yeah, fans are not going to like what I'm about to say. Mario Bowser, the mayor of D.C., has much bigger fish to fry than trying to get a stadium in this area, uh, whether that be the commanders, whether that be building something new for the Caps or the Wizards. 
Last weekend, D.C. Public Schools put out a, a chart and a graphic. 43% of ninth graders right now in D.C. Public Schools have exceeded the excused absence limit for the year. We're not even halfway through the school year yet. Jeez. So she needs to worry about cleaning up the community. I, I get frustrated anytime we have this conversation about, you know, the commanders coming back. If it's going to be on the dime of D.C. taxpayers, I don't think that that's something that she should be advocating for. I get all the nostalgia that comes with Washington football being in our nation's capital, but Virginia's got a hell of a lot of good places. Maryland's got good places. So I'm not one of those that's going to die on the commanders in D.C. Hill, but I do think uh, overall with that topic, there are other things that the D.C. government should be worried about instead of trying to lure a stadium. Yeah, she has bigger fish to fry, and I think she's out of oil. Uh, that seems to be where <laughs> where she's standing right here. But do you, are you uneasy? Because one of the things that this Ted Leonsis thing has really pushed my buttons with is that he's asking for so much money, you know, in the neighborhood of $600 million from D.C., but if he doesn't get that, he's willing to utilize his own money in, in Virginia. That really feels that feels shady to me. I mean, it feels like an underhanded yeah. tactic that I don't I don't feel entirely comfortable with. I mean, billionaires are going to be billionaires, but that to me, it, it I don't I don't like it. I've always viewed Ted as kind of an all right guy. That yeah. that's not all right uh, way of moving. The one thing I would say from Ted's perspective and why I understand, he's like, well, I see you all are trying to give the commanders money. Look at what I've done for for downtown Chinatown and building up the restaurant district and making that uh, an attraction for people that come visit the city. That was all done on Ted's dollar. It's not like those those restaurants were built by themselves. You know? Yeah, so, Ted and uh, in Poland, a Poland. In Poland, yeah, him in Poland. So I, I understand them wanting to get money from the government, but I, well, I agree with you. It is kind of shady, right? If you're willing to throw the bag, why not throw it in the place that's been home for you the past 20-plus years? So I think it's a sticky situation. We know Ted's gotten involved uh, with some of that that Saudi money, so we'll see if it's just him paying for it or, or the Saudis get in on it too. It'll be something to monitor here over the summer. All right, great. So we can count on more WWE shows being at wherever yeah, Ted Lance is uh, his stadium. <laughs> uh, Linnell, appreciate it, man. Um, enjoy the uh, the double dipping you're doing this evening. We will be dipping in and doubling it. <laughs> <laughs> that is. Uh, that is Linnell Willingham. You'll hear him right here on the Craig Hoffman Show. He's in for Craig 4 to 6.30. And then, as he mentioned, he's double-dipping on overtime tonight on 106.7 The Fan uh, from about 6.30 to 8.30 before leading into Georgetown Hoops. Maryland Hoops will be here after Linnell at 6.30 pregame there. They tip off at 7. Uh, so just some closing thoughts here. Um, again, in my perfect utopian world, everybody is in D.C. Caps are in D.C., Wizards in D.C., Commanders in D.C., my personal priority is getting the commanders back to D.C. I don't like Landover. I don't like going to FedEx Field. This is a football city, and I think putting it in D.C., the stadium, and their hub in D.C. is going to bring the best out of our community of football fans. But it does make me feel uneasy that Ted Leonsis is trying to strong-arm D.C. when it feels like D.C. is in a vulnerable spot. They need it, like The city has a lot to work on. They gotta make it safer. They gotta make it a more family-friendly environment if you really want to get the maximum out of the Wizards and the Capitals. I just don't know if that spot in Potomac Yard is is worthy of a stadium. It's a nice spot. I like going there, but I don't know if it's a stadium-worthy spot. That's gonna do it. You can tweet at me throughout the course of the day at the Denton Day. Big thanks to Toby, doing a great job filling in as Kevin is out today. Kevin should be back tomorrow. Fingers and toes crossed there. Uh, if not, it'll. 
probably be us again. But expect Kevin back tomorrow. Big thanks to Danny Wexelman and Lynette Willingham jumping on and joining us. Tweet me at the Denton Day. We are out of here. Rooster, DOC, they're next on the Team 980. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.